Hello, ladies and gents. This is Jimmy Freeze, and you're listening to the newest and hottest podcast on the market. This show is to connect your ears to the mouths of some of the most inspiring and influential people I know. But enough about me. Let's talk you. gentlemen welcome into the whip studio for let's talk you with your host jimmy freeze alongside my my biggest role model to date right now tracy miller tracy uh my aunt tracy if we're gonna break the third wall how are you aunt Trey? thanks for coming in thank you for having me so aunt Trey, you got it you got quite an interesting story you're a teacher in uh, what what town in north jersey exactly chesterfield new jersey okay chesterfield how long you been teaching at chesterfield this is Going on my 20th year, I believe. Wow. <laughs> and teaching what exactly? I teach special education. Has special ed been your go-to? Like, is that the subject you've taught? Since I started teaching. Really? Yep. It's pretty funny because I had uh, a, a member of a band, Mellow Drift. He said that special education in his is his spotlight uh, idea in education. I think I think it's, you know, what, what was the first thing that made you want to do special education? Did you always have that idea? I didn't. I, I knew I was going to be a teacher. I had been a camp counselor when I was young, and I loved being around the kids all day long. Um, and I just, when I started working in the field, I realized that's kind of where I, I was meant to be. It would help the most range of children. So definitely a good leader growing up. And how about, where do, do you think your mom or your dad gave you those leading? I know I know your your father was a, a teacher. See, I think he would be the easy answer. Right, he was true. a teacher. <laughs> Although so, he said he always wanted someone to follow his footsteps, but he was talking about television. <laughs> <laughs> I think you kind of oh, are following that more than anyone. I'm um, trying. Uh, but I, I kind of think the, a good combination of them both. Yeah, I do. Did you did you ever go to the classroom with your father? No. 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 He really wasn't teaching when. I think I was a baby. Yeah. Because I think I was still in the stroller going around NJEA conf- the sure. convention. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, he had left and gone to um, New Jersey Network by that point. True. Good point. So getting on to uh, your story, um, two daughters, Sydney and Emily, they're ages 11 and 12 and 10. 12 and 10. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I thought it was 11 and 8. Oh, shoot. 12 and 10. <laughs> Sydney, um, sixth grade, correct? Seventh grade. Oh my God. <laughs> Emily, fifth grade. Yes. Okay, good. We got one right. <laughs> one for four. They'll be on a little bit later to, uh, to pick their brains a little bit about you. But, um, oh yeah, oh, great. <laughs> really find out about the real, uh, Tracy Miller there. Tune in. Your late husband, Darren, well, he had a very interesting disease, um, and a disease that usually, um, does its damage a lot quicker than it did. And um, when I was coming with ideas to make this show, uh, I just wanted to find inspirational people that did stuff in the profession and did stuff, you know, doing stuff, doing cool stuff now, but I couldn't think past you because when you think about this disease, this disease is ALS, the Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, it's a disease that usually does it takes its course in about 18 to 24 months and the fact that your husband was able to survive seven years is absolutely mind-blowing to me and I think I would just like to know how the power of love really uh, kept him going 
Uh, there was a lot that I witnessed in this progression as my uncle uh, dealt with this disease, but I can't imagine what it was like to uh, have that. You know, I, I have a girlfriend of myself, yes, as you know, and, and you know, you, you run into the issues, you don't text for a day, and you're like, oh, my gosh, what the heck, you know, oh, gosh. Or, you know, one goes to a party and you maybe ticked off or something like that, or one isn't as communicative and you think it's the end of the world. But um, the, some of the stuff that you had to do to care for your husband and Trey is, is unbelievable. So uh, I would just like your story to be heard. So if, if we could get into that a little bit. When exactly was your husband diagnosed? Officially, he was diagnosed in 2007. Okay. He was having some trouble after shortly after Sydney was born. He was, he was born in 2005. So I was trying to really think about it because he came home from work one night. He had gone to the neurologist because he just didn't feel right. He had gone to his regular doctor and they sent him to the neurologist and he said they they think I have ALS and I said well obviously you're wrong right. because people die from that so right. I guess you can't go to the doctors anymore by yourself true true <laughs> and it, it started this this long course of diagnoses that you have to go through there's no test that you can take that says you have Lou Gehrig's disease. No, no automatic thing. No, <laughs> it is a neuro uh, degenerative disease. Okay. Neuro degenerative disease, and it slowly breaks down um, the neurons, and as it, it relates back to from the brain, getting signals from the brain to the spinal cord. What what triggered him to go to the hospital? The first time, you know, he was having. You said he was having troubles, he but was it weakness? Weakness in his hands. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was weakness in his hands. He had some tremors, okay. um, muscle cramps. Um, Just out of the ordinary, and they were right. more of everyday kind of things? Mm -hmm. Okay. So and they did a test. They did a, um, I'm going to get it wrong. I think it was an EEG. Okay. That's is the one that, that shoots the, the they attach electrodes, and they measure how quickly you respond to them. And okay. he didn't do well on it. Okay. And that's what prompted them to send him to a neurologist. Then. Okay. So you're saying there there aren't there isn't a one telltale mm -mm. test, but along the way that there's different signs to pick up. So that. once that they they got to that point, then the neurologist ordered he had a spinal tap. He had okay. um, pretty much testing your body to see, it's it's rule things out. There's, that's really the only way to do it is yeah. to rule out what it it's not. And then we we went through probably about a year wow, of treatments. Process of elimination. It is pretty much. Wow. He went through a, a year of treatments where he would go once a month every day um, to get like an infusion, uh, IV infusion, right. to see if it was something else. And if that worked, incredible. They they believed that that what it would be. It was a it's called multifocal syndrome. Okay. Um, and if the, the treatments work, then that's what he had. Right. When they they held on to these treatments longer than a year, they were really trying to see if it would mm -hmm. kind of, we just wanted it to work. And right. They wanted it to be that because then it could be treatable. Thinking positively, yeah. And they the doctors gave it a good college try. And after, I, I believe it was probably about a year and a half, they were finally ready to say it, it's at right. us. That day, that that occurred, and you still now. How old are the girls that the, you just have Sydney at this point? Just have Sydney. Just have Sydney, and pregnant with Emily. Um, I believe so. Right. Uh, I'm trying to remember the timeline. Okay. 
Um, if not, it was shortly after. Okay. Um, so. But again, that was another where we just tried to think we're going to go forward like it's not. Well, you have to. You're trying to raise a girl and trying for another one, still trying to develop your own, get the pay, bring in the money, still make sure everybody's happy, and you're trying to play a process of elimination game. Absolutely incredible. So this point now, respect to Emily, we're unsure where she's at right now, but Sydney's definitely <laughs> there. You're, you got Sydney, um, two years old, uh, right? Two, she was a little less than two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... First thing, you you come back home that day or maybe a couple days after. What's really the first thing on your mind? When did, when did really caring for him become your number one? It wasn't one of those things where it was... It went. It happened overnight. It was, it was slow. It was, you know, he couldn't button his shirt. Or he couldn't open a bottle of beer or beer whatever. Beer. Um, for him, I think he, he was getting tired quicker, like he couldn't hold Sydney as long. Right. Maybe couldn't hold her and hold a book to read to her at the same time. Walk so the was, dog as long. Yeah. Right. I, and I, so, yeah, he pushed was, himself so hard and so long to do as much as he could to make it like as normal as... Like I, I think about this one time, um, and it was after, so after Emily was born, she was baby. Okay. And she was sick and she was getting a nebulizer treatment and it snowed so he went outside to to shovel the snow mm -hmm. and I don't I you know and I had to hold this mask over her face and while she did this this treatment and I don't know what made me think of it but I stood up and I just looked out the window and he's on his back laying in the snow like he couldn't couldn't get up couldn't get up couldn't get up oh my goodness stopped it stopped everything over. You know, it's just little things like that. You know, that I think that's the one thing about ALS is that your brain is telling you you can do it. Like, mm -hmm. move your leg, move your arm, stand up, button your button. But your body can't physically do it. And it's 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 terrifying. It is. It, 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 it's it's almost. I want to say, excuse my French, and you can bleep it out. <laughs> it's fine. It, it it's a mind. That's what Darren used to call it. It's a mind because your mind is telling you one thing, but your body won't Can't do, do it. it. It's absolutely incredible. Along the way, how were you able to find the releases that you could? The, the, of course, you were positive through this whole thing. You had to be and grab onto the small, happy moments. Um, did, was it the girls that really kept you? Because you think, you think of it from the outside and think... It must have been stressful with two girls, but at times they must have been your, your the best part about you at the time. For sure, and him too. I mean, of course, we were we were a good family unit. We Darren and I were a good team. And did you did you know that from the beginning? Yeah, for sure. And that's why you will we never. We were balanced. We were, he balanced me. I feel like I balanced him out, and we were. We were good as a couple um, when we decided to have parents. It was just making that, that teamwork strengthen, solidified. Um, you know that my oldest daughter has, you know, a, a metabolic disorder, which, you know, she can't have certain things. She has a restricted diet. And we were a good balance with that. We 
Maybe. made a good team. It just solidified that for us. And I think that they definitely keep us, kept us moving and going. I know that for him, everything he did at that point was for them. Hmm. Even I, I remember even him sitting in that in his family room chair. He would still look out to the girls and make sure they're all right. And even if you know my one cousin who remained nameless, even if he uh, was a little too physical, hey, I get physical too. I don't blame him. <laughs> but uh, he he'd say, hey, boys, watch out, and uh, you would you would listen because it's uh, of course out of respect. But um, and Trey, I think he did that. Like no, he didn't no, think, it wasn't out of it no, wasn't. No, he out didn't of, think he. Um, he didn't think he was as helpful. No, oh, no. He didn't think like I think that was part of the hard thing for him that he didn't feel like he was a part of that, and he actually really was. True. Like we really, I, mean, I couldn't even to the like the very end. We were doing that together. That was even if he didn't say it because he couldn't speak at the time. Mm-hmm. But I knew we knew each other well enough to know like that we're doing that as a team. We're doing it with our, both our decisions in mind. Now, look, just because uh, I think I think he's really looking down upon us today. Um, can you tell me about the, just the first time you met him? Can you just tell me real quick? <laughs> Is it gonna get you too bad? Is it gonna get you too no, bad? No, no. Because I I really never I've never really heard you really talk too much about him and about you guys. I've always heard you know the, the fun story that I was the cousin he picked or the ne- the nephew to pick to uh, babysit because I would be quiet and watch baseball. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't, I would, I'm not sure he would say today, but, um, no, he would love it. Just, well, how about this? What just, what was your absolute favorite thing about your husband? I don't know. I, I so many things. I, I can't yeah. think I'd pick one. Just, just his being. I think that, you know, he just had a, a what, really, like, what do you still carry? Besides, of course, his memory. But what, like, what attitude? Like, to be honest with you, I just told your daughter a, week, uh, a couple minutes ago. Um, I still carry with me. Better to ask for forgiveness than permission. And my girlfriend <laughs> says, "I think you have those two things switched." I said, "No, no, 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 no. Okay, no, no, no. You, you, you don't know what you're talking about." But it's just funny. It, it, it still stays with so me. It, it really is. <laughs> and I think you know a little bit more than than I know for that to back itself up. But uh, what would you say is is the one thing? What keeps you sane when thinking about him, knowing his memory? And, of course, we, no matter what religion you think, you know he's looking at, down on you. But what, any kind of, any kind of motto think, or I just... I don't know. I think to be, we didn't walk around like we were given this death sentence from the beginning. We really didn't. I mean, sure, he was angry at times. I was angry at times. You never, never showed it. But he... Out publicly, at least. Because I think... We could, and he would say, I would say this, that it was, we could cry all day long and nobody would ever say I shouldn't, but <laughs> it, what was that going to get us? And he would laugh and joke and make jokes at his own expense. <laughs> I wasn't you, off the table. You weren't off the table. Nobody did was you off guys, the table. Did you guys joke a lot with each other? All the time. Like bust each other's balls? Oh, that's <laughs> I remember this. And it's true. He wrote a blog about it at one point. <laughs> that I, I do want to get into that after you. He go re- ahead. he he relayed this, and I I totally forgotten it. We had we were going through his closet, and he wanted to get rid of his shirts because his button-down shirts because he couldn't button them. Right. So he wanted to go to polos. Okay. And I said, no, I think we should keep a couple because you know <laughs> I, I'd like to be the optimist. Yeah. Um, 
And he's like, well, no, we're going to do that. We're going to give her all the shirts and all the ties. And he said, well, maybe we'll keep one for my funeral. Well, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, it's funny now, but, but I did time, cry. <laughs> at the time, Derek, come on. Well, actually, I think it was, let's get rid of them all. And then he said, no, I'm kidding. We'll still keep one because I'll need one for the funeral. And then he said, no, you know what? That's funny because I'm going to be cremated. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> a little double whammy there. <laughs> but I think that's been helpful. And I feel like for me, the, we had to. It was humility. It was self-humility. Kind we of. had to. We, it, that's what kept you sane. I think that is like the number one thing. And right. and knowing that, I don't know. I feel, I feel like my other part of that was my job throughout that was mm-hmm. also to, to be the ever-present optimist. Because... That was my role in the relationship. <laughs> you, Aunt yeah, Trey, uh, you were more than that. You, were, I'm, I, I like that. You were the optimist. I love it. Well, Uncle Darren was a little dark. Was he? Sometimes. Well, <laughs> but but you know you you were the you know the anchor. Tell me a little bit about different e- events that AL that you go to um, to support ALS because ALS is not well known. It's mm. it, it you know I wear the bracelet around, but and Lou Gehrig is the association with it, which is cool. It's nice to have a sports figure who is, is associated with the disease. But you, you know, and unfortunately, you, it's not as relatable. I think though, as no. people, because when when people ask me what ALS is, and I say, well, you know, it's Lou Gehrig's disease, and they're like, who's that? Right. Like, How's that possible <laughs> that you all know? <laughs> do you do you know by chance? At least did they tell you at least at the time? How many people? One in. Well, he because his blog was called one in. That's Never tell the odds. Perfect to segue. Yeah, from that one in, I think it was one in 60,000. So I get confused because Sydney was also one in 60,000 to, to have her her metabolic disorder. Wow. wow. So we so, were batting a... Oh, no, come on. Get out of here. <laughs> a thousand Bad. or so. <laughs> so tell me about the blog a little bit, Uncle, that the Uncle Darren had. So the title of it and then how it just kind of came about. Um, it was never... It, he called it... In, it was never call me the odds. And I think that's a line from Star Wars. Never call me the odds? No, sorry. Never tell me the odds. Oh, tell me. Okay. I think Han Solo said that. Okay. I like that. That's pretty cool. He would probably be mad that I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sorry. sure. Well, I'm not. I think he's mad at me for not even liking it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's saying that way. No, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he decided to odds. write this. Um, you know, one of the, I mean, ALS affects people in a lot of different ways. Some people, if it, you know, affects... Um, they call it bulbar, where it affects, where you, it would immediately affect their speech, oh. which is usually a more serious kind, not more serious, but it, it quicker, it's okay. quicker, because right. then it has to deal with breathing and muscles with breathing. So sure. for Darren, it, it was his hands um, and legs. Um, so I think that he, he wanted to start this blog um, as a way to, one, not so much make it a... A personal thing that he could share that with the girls mm-hmm. but I do think he, he that was one of his intentions that the girls would come back it was a place where they could come back to kind of get an idea of who he was yeah I love and what were what were the theme of a lot of them you know I, I think after he got started he wanted he, he because Darren initially the, the changes that were happening to him weren't as noticeable mm-hmm. 
So I think he wanted people to know what it was really like and how difficult it really was because they'd say, oh, you look great. And mm -hmm. he did look great. It just, he was falling and not dressing himself, not feeding himself, and people didn't realize that. So I think he wanted, the blogs started to take a little bit of a, of a rundown of like how it affected him, mm. but also um, what some of the symptoms were. And I think he was trying to give information yeah. about what it really was. Shed some light. So what was the first event that they had they've had walks mm -hmm. on at the ocean city boardwalk walks at citizens bank park uh what's what's your favorite one that als that als sponsors or that als the als event that they have to create uh revenue for them well we had started out doing the the one in in um in philadelphia citizens bank yeah. and actually i think it was yesterday that was i did oh I there did. you go Nice. But we, it was so cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, because uh, it was always November. It used to be. Oh, my gosh. Windy as any heck. Oh, my gosh. Right through that stadium. Frozen. But cool, you know, still walk around the baseball stadium. Very cool. But, tailgated in but the parking lot. frozen afterwards. for the folks. But then we, he said one year, he's like, I, I, I can't do it. Um, we're going to have to, let's, let's go to Ocean City. And I have to say, I think it it was a great move in many, many ways. First of all, it was warmer. It was earlier in the year. It's, it's always in September, around the third week. And I just have really great memories of him going and being there and just being happy in, in the sunshine with the girls and playing on the boardwalk afterwards. It just, it's a great event. And I just have very many fond memories of it. It, it. Talk about your parents too. Your parents loved the, yeah, the boardwalk came. too. They they always went, um, and then it's great for the kids too. The stores that are open or the things that are open, they're bringing in money. It's good, and it's one straight walk too. There's no turns or anything. Exactly. But like you said, so peaceful with the waves crashing right to the left of you. Um, tell me a little bit about Hope Loves Charity, Andre. The that Hope Loves Company. I'm, so, I'm so, yeah, Hope Loves Company. I'm sorry. Actually. Um, I, I believe it was a combination of you and, and um, our good friends of our um, daughter um, heard a woman speak at, at their high school. I think they came to Shawnee and Seneca at yep. the time. Um, uh, she's a woman who, um, her name is Jody, Ain Jody O'Donnell Ames. She lost her husband to ALS. Um, and she met, um, remarried a man whose wife had also passed away of, of ALS. Wow. Um, and they had, a, you know, a blended family, all children, you know, hurting from yes. the after effects of, of living with a parent that had ALS. So literally um, every child, every child, every child in that blended family. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I believe there were, there were four total. I think she had one or two. I'm not exactly sure. Right. Um, and just felt like there, there needed to be something for the kids because it really is something that affects everybody no matter age it really demographic where you're from yep. you know, what you're doing how popular famous you are you see a lot of football players eat yeah. of course Lou Gehrig whatever time period it is um, I can't imagine the disease that the medicine was any better last you know when, with Gehrig um, so Hope Loves Company I'm sorry so she um, she decided to, to have this organization and she provides camps and it's growing 
She started out in New Jersey. She is from New Jersey. Okay. Um, and it, she's now um, formed more camps in different states where it's a place where kids go to camp one weekend of the year and they do a lot of activities for them. It's, it's a lot of self-esteem building. There's there's talks t- uh, about, you know, ALS. Informing of ALS. How about that? And there are kids there that have parents that are still living with it and there are kids there that... Wow, that's, that's interesting. Okay. I, it is. It is very interesting. I am not sure... If you would have gone. I don't know. Yeah. My kids were younger and although there are kids younger that, that knew knows what's going on in their family mm-hmm. my kids didn't i mean my youngest was six at the time and she she was shocked when i told her finally that he was going to pass and so how if you don't mind me asking how uh, how long did you wait till you told them you know what did what was it like with the with the children <laughs> I, I can't imagine i, I what i think sydney when always did you kind s- of knew okay um she was eight at the time but she's She's very, she's she's very much like Darren. She's a sit back and watch, and I think she took a lot in. Very attentive. Yeah. Okay. Um, right or wrong, we always lived with the. We always hoped that Daddy's gonna get better. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that was. You had to. They had to. You I had to have the, yeah, especially with the positive outlook that you said you had in the beginning. But I felt like if I said, the moment I said it, that maybe Darren would give up too. True. So, so you had to keep it going. It has to. You it had, had to, to ride it going. out. And I, I admire you so much for... Well, I, and I'm not sure if it was the right or right, dis- wrong or decision, right or wrong decision. We waited until he was, was very close to the end. I mean, I, I want to say... I mean, Emily will tell you I ruined Taco Tuesday forever because oh. I told her on the Taco Tuesday. Gosh. We can't look at tacos <laughs> the same way. Oh, man. <laughs> but uh. it, 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 he... We, I probably told them about a week and a half out with the help of a hospice worker. We talked about it with them. I got you. Hmm. I didn't want them to live like every day, like looking at their dad say the day. Different point in your life now. You know, you got your girls who are going to be teenagers soon. (laughs) As you said, you're uh, you're still still a teacher and everything. What do you what do you see down the road for yourself? Uh, maybe, maybe a move or something like that, or, or you, you see anything changing down the road? I don't. No. I don't. I, no. you know, I, I. You love where you are. I do. Because, because sometimes after different things, you know, my buddy went through uh, a death, and his his dad, and his, and the mom, she wanted to do, uh, she wanted to get away from the house. It was fine. She wanted to downgrade. She changed it, changed where she lived and everything. It just helped her with the memory. Uh, help her, yeah. I even think Nana, like, Nana wanted Pop-Pop's clothes gone when, when right. after he passed away. And I, I still had, like, a closet full of clothes at the time. <laughs> you know? True. I, I found that, that process to be really hard. And that, not about, like, um, keeping it alive or I just feel like it was a part that made me closer. Mm-hmm. Made me feel closer to him. Awesome. So and I don't feel like I had we had toyed around with moving. Maybe two years ago, I was girls are getting older, the house is getting smaller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I don't know that I could leave it. I don't know. It is the place, the last place that I could feel him. Antre, I want to thank you so much for being a guest 
on Let's Talk You. I appreciate all of your guidance, all of everything that you've provided, from the tips at the gas station, from the advice you give me, <laughs> to uh, how my room should be vacuumed. <laughs> Or my bathroom should be cleaner than it is, even though there's three guys living on the same floor. Come on, come on, are you serious? But I am gonna ask. I'm gonna have your girls come in here a little bit, just asking a little bit, a little bit of something I about you. I want you to know how proud I am of you. Well, I, I and I know he is that. too. I appreciate that very much, and we're definitely thinking about you, Uncle Dare. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're gonna hear from Cindy and Emily Miller in a little bit, and uh, we'll be right back on Let's Talk You. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the WHIP studio for the end of Let's Talk You. But before the end of it, I would like to say hello to Sydney and Emily Miller, the daughters of Tracy Miller, who was just in the booth with me. What's up, girls? Good. How you doing? Good. Uh, is that the only word you know? Yes. Okay, so you know yes and good. <laughs> and laughing. I love it. So, uh, girls, I was just talking to your mom about um, some stuff about dad. And um, can you just tell me, your mom is one of the most inspirational people um, that I know you guys know what the word inspirational means. Uh, can you tell me what your favorite thing about mom is? Cindy, you can go first. She's just really helpful and she's there when I need her. Yeah. Sid, what is, you know, you were, you were a little older, uh, so you uh, got to witness, you got to live with daddy a little bit longer. Um, what was your favorite part about daddy? Right. And what do you think, um, what do you think is the one thing, what do you think is the one thing, a lot of people will say that you're more similar to him and Emily is more like your mom. Um, what do you think when people say that, um, that, does that make you feel good? Yeah. Make you feel honored? Yeah. Uh, and, but what do you think you take most of your dad? Like, what do you think about him? Uh, what, what do you think about yourself is most like your dad? My face. Your face? <laughs> I, I would say how you guys are both, you know, you, you're both quick or, or quiet, but you are good listeners. Yeah. We're good listeners. Love it. Uh, Em? Hey, Em. How you doing? Good. Oh, great. Yeah, the only, only word you know. Uh, <laughs> nice to have you in the booth. Nice to be here. Yeah, good. I like it. Uh, good answer. You're already made for the profession. So, yeah, don't say anything. So, uh, <laughs> what was your favorite part about mom? Um, I guess that, like, um, that, like, when it's, like, midnight and you still need to do your homework because you, like, were really busy, like, she'll help you, even if it's, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Man, I could use that right now. <laughs> you think I could just call her up right now and ask her for help at maybe, what, about, like, 3 o'clock in the morning? Well, she'll have to wake Sydney up in three hours then. Oh, three hours. <laughs> How, do you, uh, are you guys... You know, you guys have a lot of friends at school, obviously. Do you guys think that you are, like, the closest family unit that you know? You, you know, you go over to your friend's house, and obviously they're very close with their family. But it's just from the outside, you guys seem like you're so close with your mom. And you guys can just be yourselves and be totally comfortable. And your mom can be totally comfortable. You, would you agree with that? Yes. And But it's not, it's not something you would take advantage of, right? Oh. No. <laughs> oh, Emily, you waited too long on that answer. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. And uh, and what about what about um 
You know, you hear stuff, hear people say stuff about dad. What's your favorite thing you've heard about dad? Um, well, I guess we both like, um, reading and history. Like, we like the same, like, knowing about the American Revolution. We both like the Civil War. Cool. So you think, you, you think the liking of history came from dad, too? Yeah. Um, what about you guys? You guys like Hope Loves Company? Yes. You think that was a? You think that's very, very cool for um, kids in the same situation like you? Yes, because they like understand like how we feel. Definitely. Um, but let me tell a little quick like a question. Um, would you guys still go to Hope Love's company if if Dad was still alive? Yes. Probably. Would you? Yeah. I think that I think like because then you could learn a little bit more about it. Um, but of course, you know, at the time he was, you guys were still so young, so it was tough. But um, I got to say, you girls are inspirations at just 12 and 10, right? Just 12 and 10, <laughs> you guys are quite inspirations, uh, even though the one on the right is a goofball. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you guys very much for making the trip, for having you guys on. Um you guys can just say bye to the folks real quick. Bye. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Let's Talk You. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Not sure what will be going off, but something good will be happening. As always, good night and God bless.
Like with the loops, like playing 